I think that I would mm. live in a group house like with my friends forever, like indefinitely, you know? Yeah. Um You just think that they're not gonna want to do that forever. Yes, exactly. But like I I like I really feel like we talk about with all of our friends how much like, you know, we kind of reject a lot of like the old sort of norms around how you should build your life. Yeah. And people always agree in theory, but we just don't trust that they're actually going to follow through in practice. Do you agree with that statement? Yeah. Why do we do that? Welcome back to I'm the Villain. Um, we're just, you know, having just one of vibing. shooting the ship episodes. Yeah, exactly. Just vibing. <laughs> yeah, we're out here. Uh, yeah. I've been thinking about if I were to create like a, um, the, like a, per, like my own personal personality test. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like the, instead of like the Myers-Briggs or whatever, and I had my like, you know, four main axes that I mapped people on that I thought was like most important. I feel like. One of them would be uh, birth order. One of them would be, are you a satisficer? Are you a maximizer? Uh-huh. You know, maybe introversion, extroversion would stay. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to think if I have like a fourth one that is particularly salient. You know what, what I mean? What was the second one? <laughs> satisfier um, or maximizer? Satisficer. Are you a satisficer or are you a maximizer? Mm. Which I've, we've talked about before, yeah, right? I like, think, you know what that means. I yeah. think so. Satisficer. Like, like, are you like, do you try to be happy Hanyu with what you have? Hanyu is the or? ultimate maximizer. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, this is fun, but what if we did this instead? Yes. Yes. So like, what if this was even better? Like, did you go on that bike thing with Kristen and Hanyu? No. Oh, okay. Because Kristen say it was saying that Hanyu was being like an ultimate maximizer. Oh, wait. Like, oh, oh, wait. No, I was, I think I was there. Is it, was this like the, the not, bi- the not bike crawl, bike crawl? I don't know. I, I assume so. Um, yeah. I mean, but like, is- it sounded like. Yeah, Hanyu was like, oh, I don't know if it really makes sense to ride all the way here because I don't know if it's going to be like the exact right like return on investment for how much we're biking to get there or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah that's classic. Such classic. Yeah. Hanyu. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that like, I don't know. I think the problem, my problem with these tests often is that I'm like, I feel like I'm straddling the middle of a lot of categories. Oh, really? Yes. I feel like, especially with the Myers Briggs, like I think I was like on the on the on the barrier of like the F and the P. No, no, the the N and the F. N and F is what? Intuition and feeling. Oh, okay. And then I was pretty close to the middle with like the P and the J, perception and judgment. I think those two categories seem like bullshit to me. Like, what is yeah. intuition versus feeling? Like, what? How can yeah. you even distinguish those things? It was, um, or maybe intuition is like our feelings. Like you have an intuition about something, you have a feeling about something. Yeah. Let me, E N. Wait, no. Let me, let me, let me, let me pull up the actual Myers Briggs types to make sure I'm not lying to you. Okay. Because I, I'm now like, damn, did I just mix up the two? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And perception and judgment also don't seem like particularly, like, meaningful categories to me. Got it. So it's okay. 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 Cool. Cool. So the the spectrum is um E or I, which is extroversion or introversion. Yeah. Um N or S, which is intuition 
and sensing. Um, and these last two are what I was on this, the border on. Um, thinking versus feeling. And which is T and F. Yeah. And then judgment versus perception, which is J and P. Yeah, I literally think all the rest of the categories sound like bullshit to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing I think makes sense is introversion, extroversion. Um, sensing. Okay, so according to Jung's typology model, each person uses one of the four functions more dominantly or proficiently, proficiently than the other three. Um, and that's between sensation, intuition, thinking, and feeling. Mm-hmm. Um. Sensing and intuition are information gathering functions. They describe how new information is understood and interpreted. People who prefer sensing are more likely to trust information that is present, tangible, and concrete. Um, That is information that can be understood by the five senses. They tend to distrust hunches or gut feelings, which seem to come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. They prefer to look uh, for details and facts. Um, For them, the meaning is on the data. On the other hand, those who prefer intuition tend to trust information that is less dependent upon the senses that can be associated with other information, either remembered or discovered by seeking a wider context or pattern. They seem to be more interested in future possibilities. For them, the meaning is identifying the underlying theory and principles which are manifested, manifested in the data. Hmm. Um, and then this, it's a similar dichotomy along the, the next two, which are so before the the before ones were like information gathering functions and then the J and the F or no, the J and the P are supposed to be like decision making functions. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking and feeling functions are both used to make rational decisions. Sorry, the T and the F, not the J and the P thinking and feeling uh, based on the data received. How do you make your how do you make your decisions? Uh, people that are thinking measure the decision by what seems reasonable, logical, casual, consistent, and matching a given set of rules. And those who prefer feeling tend to come to decisions by associating and empathizing with the situation, looking at it from the inside and weighing the situation to achieve or balance, um, to achieve on balance, the greatest harmony, consensus, and fit. I just don't yeah I don't those things really like in terms of like the things that are important to me when like judging the character so like those things really just don't come into play for me yeah I don't think and I think I think purpose of the test is important I mean like I think Myers-Briggs is like specifically made for like a it's a very like capitalistic personality test right it's like it's made to like be like how good a worker would you be or yeah I mean I've, I've used it almost exclusively in work contexts okay where like where it's like how to like achieve better like decision making processes you know yeah or like how to work better as a team sure sure but i guess like yeah the thing that i'm much more interested in is just like you know how do you decide who you want to be friends with you know what i mean yeah that's right right yeah. do you have particularly strong sort of like factors or indicators that you feel like you t- pay attention to that feel very salient for for making a friend just like yeah how you evaluate people generally um I feel like number one is just like banter and vibes. Like, (laughs) can we chat about things that aren't incredibly boring, Mm -hmm. like your job or whatever, you know? Right. Um, And do you laugh? 
I feel like that's like <laughs> yeah, and like, and then like there's like underlying level. Um, but I think that's like eighty percent of it. Truly, for me, is like, are the vibes good? And I mean, and like, I think that's so much of it because so many people get filtered out at that stage. You know? Yeah, but do you think that there are various things about someone that you think like will, um, like when you're thin slicing, right? Like you meet someone for the first time, uh-huh. like like indicate to you like, oh, okay, like this person is gonna have a good vibe. Yeah, I think that if they're if they're willing to engage in a silly topic, okay, <laughs> yeah, and like in a way that matches the way that I, like you know like i like to talk about silly topics in depth right hanyu is the ultimate person for that I feel yes like. hanyu's right <laughs> hanyu's very very good at this right like yeah um <laughs> engage in a silly topic and like really really think it through and like mm-hmm. have a good time doing it right and perhaps yeah. like you know and i like to uh, like I've, i'm not afraid to get like a little antagonistic on silly things i think that's fun yeah. So I think if someone's down for the bit, that's like a really good indicator that we could be good, we could be friends, right? Um, you know what's so funny? My mom was was listening to our episode with Isabella the other day, uh-huh. and she was like, "Isabel, DeAndre is such a good you know podcast co-host for you because." She very much read the situation where, you know, we were talking with Isabella and Isabella was like, I love New York so much. Like, let me tell you all the reasons I love New York. And then obviously I come and I just shit on New York because I hate New York. Yeah. And the way my mom read that situation is she was like, oh, DeAndre was sort of the mediator in that situation because like after you came in, we were talking about how much you hate New York, like Isabella, like, you know, stopped talking as much and kind of like, you know, clammed up and she felt like you were the one who kind of like actually like you know did the sort of mediation in that situation which is funny because like i I was sort of like well i don't know i feel like i just literally am not afraid to disagree with people much of the time but i think that you're usually like that too yeah but i think that you know i think that your mom is on something and that i i think you are 100 percent you all of the time (laughs) you know what you mean yeah or and i feel like i am like especially with new people that I don't know, I feel like I'm only like 75% me. And mm-hmm. I'm really like, I'm always, I'm like with new people, mostly I'm scanning. I'm scanning for like, like you body are trying cues. to make them comfortable. Yes. I'm, I am. I'm, yeah. I'm considering their comfort <laughs> to a degree. Zero percent consideration. And you are not doing comfort. that. I don't do that. Right. <laughs> it's, it's so yeah. funny. I mean, I try to like people, I have friends that haven't met you, which is like wild, but they do exist. Yeah. And, and maybe they've heard the podcast or maybe whatever. And I'm like, it's, but it's, you're very hard to describe to people. And it's because like, and I think that is a big part of it. Right. It's like, I'm like, Isabel's going to come like authentic and full force. And like, (laughs) and you know, she's going to talk about like whatever is most interesting to her at the time. And like, it's kind of like you're either on the train or you're not. But yeah, but then I think the other thing that people don't get is that <laughs> um, I say that and I'm like, but the great thing about Isabel is if you don't want to talk about the thing, you can just leave. <laughs> like she will not yeah. be offended personally if you don't want to hang out. Yeah. Um, which I think is, I mean, it's a very unique, it's a unique concentration of traits. Mm-hmm. But I think I've, I have been told that I'm a good mediator and that I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like trying to, you know, keep people around. Do you feel like 
that is uh because of like uh, like do you attribute that to like you know when you think about like growing up like being a middle child were you physically growing up with i know you were physically growing up with your brother right was your sister also growing up with you i was actually i was not growing up alongside either of them i was gr- oh you were not yeah which is I, I think is an interesting twist on the birth order thing so like that doesn't actually come into play really then i don't know you know it's like okay. it's not that it doesn't because like i grew up I was raised by my grandparents and I was the only child in my household, but I was, I knew that I had a sister and a brother and I wanted, like, I wanted to be with them and hang out with them a lot. My mom lived down the street, right? So like. So you were like cohabitating, there were no point at which you were actually cohabitating with them. I was cohabitating after my grandparents died at age 14. So from 14 to 18, I lived with my mom and my brother. Got it, got it, got it. So. Um, but I, you know, it was like pretty common for me to like spend nights, um, at my, at my mom's house with my siblings and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, so it's like, I don't know, this like some, I don't think I'm exempt from the birth order thing. I think there's still something sure. happening, but it's like some weird twisted version of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have like that only child vibe where. Like, I just felt I was really lonely a lot of the time as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, the mediation thing, I don't know. I think it, I think it comes from, like, I think I'm naturally, a, I'm naturally, like, a pretty, I think, in, emotionally intuitive person in a way that maybe was developed because I was, de- I was, like, always dealing with really volatile personalities as a, as a, as a kid. Like, I feel like I was yeah. mediating grown people's volatile ass personalities whether it was like <laughs> like my mom my grandmother and to a, and to an extent my grandfather but less so um yeah. you know the main adults in my life when i was a child were all just like wild ass people <laughs> right right <laughs> that, right like, right, right. <laughs> that had like short tempers and totally um and you know i i feel, you know there's there's definitely some like adaptation quality that happened there yeah um, but something I don't know is I mean my social development has been really fucking weird because I grew up incredibly shy yeah. and like soft spoken, very like scared of strangers generally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then like something happened, a flip switched in or a switch flipped in middle school where I was like, okay, I got to do something. Um, you don't know what it is. You just like decided. I kind of literally I kind of decided like I I was like I don't want to be this like shy meek kid anymore Mm -hmm. and I'd I'd always been like a one friend kind of guy one like one best friend typically a guy Mm -hmm. and I was like you know what I'm just gonna hit this school and like really like kind of fake it and just see what happens but it turned out that you know while I was like I was definitely kind of putting on a persona like bravado wise but I think I was utilizing skills that I had developed, like interpersonal skills that I developed from living in the weird situation that I was living in and dealing with like my parents and stuff. Yeah. It wasn't because you had like, you were making that switch with like the same group of, because like for me, that switch happened when I went to high school and it was because like, oh, I'm not in like the same 
environment with all these same people yeah. that I knew from middle school anymore. This is a whole new set of people. So I can just choose to be whoever I want. And so like I then decided to be like a much more sort of gregarious outgoing person in high school. Yeah. But it was because I was like in this new environment. Yeah. But was that happening with like the same group of people? And then they were like, oh, DeAndre, you're such a different person. No, I think there was I think it was there were maybe like one or two holdovers from because this mm-hmm. I'd say this like switch happened mostly between like sixth and seventh grade. And I got yeah. into middle school and sixth grade um and so there were some holdovers like a like a friend or two from my elementary school life and sixth grade but i think it was largely that that i was like associating with a lot of new people and like got it and i did i did i feel like i did recognize that opportunity mm-hmm. you know and like i don't know i like had i like there was something where i was like i like i enjoyed being hanging around people and like when i got the tastes you know of to like hang out with people and like do you know kid shit because i I just so rarely got to do that in elementary school um i liked it and i was like all right (laughs) all right we got to figure it out like i got to maximize for this you know yeah and i did Uh, so i i you know i became like the like the like i like just like how you know put on a lot of like bravado I was like a little bit of an asshole in a way that like <laughs> that like middle schoolers thought was funny yeah you know totally um and then in, in high school I was very popular mm-hmm. you know I just like I've always been I, I straddled I straddled a lot of different friend groups at a time mm-hmm. so very interesting um why are we talking about this we're just talking about this because it's just like how do you how do you kind of analyze how other people are oh, yes, and yes, yes, then yes, yes, yes. that kind of like feeds into like okay when you're analyzing how you are why are you that way yeah. you know so what are you looking for with, with a friend like what are, what are some indicators that you're like okay this person and i could hang out well you know i <laughs> like really have been evaluating in my life kind of like the role of I think I just really, 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 really value kind of like a middle tier friend. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I really feel like generally societally, we have been very much conditioned to like um, strive for like closeness and intimacy with everyone. Uh And like, that's like the most valuable people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you know, I've just been having these conversations with people recently. Like, you know, I just started sort of like dating this new person and, you know, we've been talking a lot and I just feel like actually like, you know, as I've been, ha- you know, I, I, I'm actually very good at maintaining my long distance relationships with people. So I have a lot of people for whom I, you know, have a call every two weeks, like very consistently, yeah. you know, and like those people that are like, you know, like, I'm talking to on a consistent basis, but are not like the two closest people in my life or whatever are like, like, it's just so like liberating to be like, yeah, there's like, what, what beef can I possibly have? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, like they're, they're, I'm sure they have like, you know, minute like flaws or whatever that like would really annoy the shit out of me. Yeah. Right. But like, it literally doesn't matter because I'm literally just talking to them every two weeks and it's just all positive. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think the thing you've unlocked though is like the acceptance I think is like, is the, is the turnkey on that. What do you mean the acceptance? The acceptance of what? The acceptance that like there is a middle tier 
not every friend is going to be your close friend. And so accepting that you're only going to talk to this person like once every two weeks or whatever. And like, yeah. And like, you may not hang out in person a lot. Like, I think that the thing you've unlocked is like accepting someone, accepting what someone can give you and not being disappointed that they can't give you more. Yes, that's what I literally think is like. (laughs) <laughs> like the key to happiness i agree too i i think it's like <laughs> you know i mean literally like we don't have time for everyone to give us everything that can't work yeah right like yeah. i have four roommates that i live with one of one of which i'm in, engaged to and we're all very close to each other yeah and that honestly takes up and then i have two partners on top of that right. that takes up almost my entire capacity for like very 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 close emotionally intimate relationships in my life yeah so i also very much value the middle tier friend where um especially ones that i feel like we can connect with really easily um you know and like we can like hang out you know once a month or whatever and it still feel like like we can have the conversations that are like emotionally intimate we can also fuck around whatever but i think that's like you have to you have to get to the acceptance point yeah and that's why I think it works so well for you. I think a lot of people, you know, are like, are like, you know, constantly feeling one bummed that like maybe they don't hang out with someone as much, but then two, also feel like guilty because they can't offer the same, you know, like they can't be like top tier friend for everyone, right? Yeah. Because I think if you accept that, if you accept that for other people, you must then accept that that also applies to yourself. Yeah. And it also like gets some deeper stuff about like ebbing and flowing of, of friendships and relationships that are like a little, I feel it like can be, I mean, it was hard for me to accept like coming out of college. I feel like coming out of college, I was like, I had a really close friend group of like seven or eight people. And it was yeah. because we lived in the same, you know, dorm place in the same yeah. place, hung out all the time. And it was really hard for me to accept that like adult life was going to look different because specifically with this core eight people because like we were all going to different places right and um you know that that sucked and i think it does suck i think it does empirically suck but if you can like learn to accept that like this is these are the changes that life has in store for you you'll have a better time probably yeah because it was so funny because as my mom was listening to that isabella episode she was like oh my god it's so wild how different isabella is from you Mm -hmm. because like you literally your number one priority is the friends and then like you know when we asked isabella that question she was literally like oh yeah i literally don't care where my friends live like i i'm probably only gonna see them you know like one weekend you know every so often anyway so it doesn't really matter if they're in la or if they're four hours away from me or if they're like you know in my same city right right and i i I was like that was so baffling to me yeah you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i mean she she, but it's like that's like the traditional way of thinking right like you know this is just like you know your family like i care about where the good schools are not where my friends are yeah and she part i mean right? she like is married right she's fully married i think so um i think so i i don't remember i can't remember either but i think she's <laughs> yeah. i think she i know she's like long-term partnered if not fully married i think she's fully married right but she's probably yeah she's like if she's not she it will certainly be right? yeah and yeah you know so she and like in the, in that very traditional sense was like you know I have my spouse here. Like, this is my main person and I care about my family. I don't really need other. And she doesn't need the other things. Support systems other than that. Yeah, yeah totally. And I feel, you know, I'm. 
I do still feel like, although I'm like, okay at accepting the things that we were just talking about, about like the impermanence of friendships and the ebbs and flows and things like that. I do still worry for like when I don't live in a group house with all my friends. I still think that's going to be really hard right. for me, you know? Yeah. Um, well, but then why do you still feel like that's given that you suspect that that's going to be difficult for you? Like, why do you still feel like that's inevitable an inevitability in your life? You know what I mean? Um, I just feel like people end up people end up leaving to do their own thing. You know, I don't think it's hmm. I think I don't think it's a me thing. I think that I would hmm. live in a group house like with my friends forever like indefinitely you know yeah. um you just think that they're not going to want to do that forever yes exactly huh but like i i like i really feel like we we talk about with all of our friends how much like you know we kind of reject a lot of like the old sort of norms around how you should build your life yeah and people always agree in theory but we just don't trust that they're actually going to follow through in practice do you agree with that statement yes why do we do that <laughs> why do you we know? why do we not follow through in practice yeah i don't know i think i think the i think is it just because society eventually like knocks on your door and yes. they're like okay i you think know it's I mean? pervasive you know like mm -hmm. i don't know i mean like it's still like Anna and I have decided to live in our house after we get married and not leave. Yeah. And that is, you know, that is like a revolutionary thing for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, For a lot of like very, you know, I would say like very like progressive people, like peers of ours, right? Like I've told some friends yeah. of ours that like this is happening. They're like, wow, that's like so cool. Right. Like it's like, you know, it's still like kind of very revolutionary. And I think Thing. I think I think I think society is just like more pervasive than we give it credit for. Like even when you're like, you know, in many I believe in like, you yeah. know, like you have a lot of the rigorous like sort of theory to back yeah. up your beliefs. I mean, a lot of people are not polyamorous, yeah. <laughs> but think but like believe in the principle. Right. Well, also, you don't even have to be polyamorous to like, you know, continue living in your house with your friends. Yeah. But what right? I'm saying is like, I'm it's I was just giving like another parallel of like. A lot of oh, people are sure. like, wow, that's really cool and like sick, but like don't do it themselves. Right. It's just, you know, it's like, sure. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's very easy to like principally agree with something and much harder to like live it and enact it. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. So, cause it literally makes news headlines, right? Like, I feel like I've literally seen news headlines where it's like, wow, this, like, you know, these five friends, like, got a house and are living together. <laughs> and it's like, that's literally noteworthy enough to, like, be a headline somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but that's just how I view it. Maybe, like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, like, I, I think the last time our house checked in on, like, how long we were going to be living here, I feel like, some people express that like eventually they were going to like leave for, but now that I'm like trying to hone in on certain people and certain reasons, I'm having a harder time doing it. Interesting. So maybe I'm just like putting in that on people and that's not actually how they feel, but that's my, that was my, my um, impression was that, is that like what, what we're doing here in this house? Well, albeit like long, long going is like ultimately temporary. Yeah. And that, you know, eventually people will like break off and start and do their own things. You know, it's so wild to me because like literally you're in sort of like I feel like this golden era of like this is like the most idyllic, like best possible living situation yes. that you've ever had. Yes. Easy. Right. Hands down. Right. 
And it's like, why? <laughs> why break it up? <laughs> yeah, like literally, like why do? And it seems like I think the other people in your house pretty much agree, right? I don't know. I mean, you know, I think that like, I, I think that there are different levels of like, for example, cleanliness. <laughs> sure. Right. Like, I yeah. think one of our roommates is is certainly cleaner than everyone else, mm-hmm. and you know, I know that this person loves living with with us but i also i like i would i would expect i am expecting that eventually this person will want to leave and like not do that anymore just because like i don't know yeah. eventually i feel like eventually if that's like if you're if you feel like you're living outside of your standard of cleanliness for a long time like that uh, sure that can definitely push you wear out on you. right yeah you know there's more things at play it's very you know love is not enough right <laughs> um, yeah circumstances also matter um so i don't know i mean like i would i think that i would just i would happily re-up like even if we lost our house which i think that our landlord's gonna be gone for like many more years i don't think that's gonna happen yeah but even if we like i would be down to like try to find a new place with the same people you know right right um and my interpretation is that other people are less down, but I think I could be wrong. Like, I think David has expressed that, like, he would, like, live with us for a long time, you know? I haven't really talked to Rose about it. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I would like to be wrong. It's so sad that we're just like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we're living our best life and we're, we feel as if it's such an inevitability that as we grow older, our priorities will shift to where we don't like we can just sort of like see it happening down the road in our lives. Right. And we just see it as such an inevitability. Yeah. But you know, I think that like the best you can hope for is like, I think this is like, this could also just be viewed as an extension of like accepting what people can offer you and like moving on. I think it's mm-hmm. also like accepting what your life can offer you in that moment. <laughs> You know? Here's what I think is going to maybe be the difference between us and some previous generations is that like I feel like I hear so many of these stati- like, you know, Trevor Noah was talking about it, like all these news stations are always talking about it, about how like there's especially for hetero couples specifically, there are fewer and fewer. And I think it's like the narrative. I don't I assume that this is a true narrative, true to my experience, is that women are basically just not <laughs> down to like marry men anymore. Yeah, you know. I mean, you've heard this narrative too. Yeah, for sure. Right? Good for them. And also. well, yeah. And yeah. and the thing is that like, <laughs> yeah. you know, if indeed we see, well, also, I mean, like literally good for them in the sense that like statistically, they're dying less women, maybe. Single women are the happiest women in America, and single men are the least happy people in America. Yeah. So like women obviously have so much less to lose. And in fact, they are losing by being in a partnership, whereas men are only have to stand to gain, right? So it totally makes sense just based on like the pure game theory of this whole situation. Yeah. Right. I think it's like I mean, this is all just like a grass is greener tail, right? I don't know. Like I feel like I feel like people you know, the world is like realizing, especially women are realizing that like um we're like I feel like we're in this in-between moment where like it's becoming so much more common for people to like accept their queerness. I don't think people are more queer. I think they're just like people are more down to accept it and less repressy. 
right? I think it's literally both. I think that there is something about the power of suggestion where it's like, oh, people around you are all doing something. Yeah. I mean, we, we know this with mask wearing too. The number one thing that you can do to get people to wear masks is just have them see other people wearing masks around them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and women um, have been, you know, have been told more than men for like the since the founding of our country whole lives. that that they need to find a man and settle down. Right. So right. there's like a counterculture liberating aspect of like not doing that and experiencing like an alternative lifestyle, you know? And like, I feel like the men of our country are like, are, have been preached to like broy independence and like, you know, like whatever. But in all actuality, like we're not very good at taking care of ourselves and we don't really know how to and like, or like managing our emotions and um you know because of that like men tend to be happier when they're you know when they're in a relationship because they have some like level of you know support that otherwise it feels hard to find oh because of societal ramifications um i think you know it'll it'll even out (laughs) what well what's evening out in this situation i feel like you know i think I think things just tend to fluctuate. Like maybe in a hundred years, um, it'll be like flipped back and like single women will be less happy than women in relationships and, and vice oh, versa. It could be, it yeah. could be, but I don't really care what's going on in a hundred years. Cause I'm dead then. Yeah. Like <laughs> I only care about what's going on. That's going to affect me. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> you know, I want to know basically, are there going to be people out there who are willing to be in a group house with me or not? You know, yeah. I think maybe, you know, like, I, you know, I, I don't want to downplay the like. I don't want to downplay I, that, like the these situations don't exist because they definitely do. Right. Like I know of like three or four different group houses of adults in D.C. that are like yeah. constantly circulating out, you know, mm-hmm. and my my group house is interesting because like I feel like we've had less turnover and are like in many ways like less of an institution Mm -hmm. um but we are the hottest and the hypest and um everyone wants to be (laughs) us so (laughs) yeah that's the hard part yeah yeah totally it's Uh, hard to be on top uh (laughs) (laughs) it is hard to be on top um i mean you know like my one of my partners was in a group house that was like a a legit co-op in tacoma park Mm -hmm. and while they like have mixed feelings about how it was to actually live there, which I think I would too. Um, the situation, you know, it's there. I do think that my situation is like rare and very golden in that. Like we like all like each other and have gotten pretty lucky when having to find new roommates about finding someone that would fit into the the vibe. Especially because one person can like totally ruin. Absolutely. And we, I mean, and you know, and we, we did strike out once we had someone that lived here for, you know, like three or four months and then moved out in the in the pandemic because the, it wasn't working right so yeah we've struck out once but i still think that like we're st- overall you've been really lucky yeah exactly so my first question for you is what is your least favorite part about quebec city so far mm, well the the reason i came here is because there is uh it's like 15 degrees cooler than it is in philadelphia on any given day 
which means that like you know most people here do not have air conditioning yes but there was one maybe two weeks that there was like an intense heat wave here and that two weeks was miserable oh. yeah i i'm <laughs> such a diva dude i love ac dude i i was just so like am i just a fucking like you know like it's like 10 degrees warmer than i want it to be and then i just suddenly can't even function yeah like i mean how am i such like most of human history we haven't had yeah air conditioning i mean humans are incredibly adaptable and yeah. i think and we get to we get used to situations pretty quickly and yeah. i think it also i think we think about that in terms of like getting used to discomfort but i think it also works in the other direction where we get incredibly used to comfort quickly too right yeah. where it's like yeah where you know we're 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 creatures that use ac i mean like specifically you and i are because of where we're from and i'm just and like how am i just a little baby bitch yeah. like what, what i think you know? i think if it was hot for like you know if you figured out the infrastructure and it was hot for like one more week you probably would have sussed it out and it maybe would have started feeling not as shitty and how many people are living like in equatorial regions that have no ac and they're just living they're like just that all vibing the time? yeah i mean when i went you know when i went to uh belize right like no there was no ac in any of the buildings and like and it was hot as dick and yeah every room had like a couple of fans in it and you left the windows open and that's just what you did dude totally. and then by the end of the by the end of the trip i was like what a nice cool night and it was like 85 degrees and yeah. humid as like with like 90 degree 90 percent humidity right yeah but that's just you know humans are just very very adaptable totally um as always you can find us at i'm the villain pod that's our twitter that's our instagram and that's our gmail account otherwise bye